Welcome to JP Morgan TV. I'm Bruce Kasman, and with me is Joe Lupton. Bruce, hey, welcome back. It's been a while. It has been a while. And there's certainly plenty to talk about. So I guess we'll we'll start this with what was obviously the biggest piece of economic news this week, which was the uh, downshift in U.S. Uh, inflation, and which was clearly a, a bit of a surprise to the uh, to the market. I guess the question I'll start with is how much significance should we place on what obviously is a one month uh, data uh, data print? Yeah, I think uh, I'm I'm reminded of the lesson that uh, you know I often got at the Fed back in my early days, which was you never want to uh, overreact to any piece of information the same way you don't want to underreact to any piece of information. So I that helps a lot. <laughs> it, well, it actually surprisingly, I've had to roll that out to a lot of people I spoke to this week who got very excited about this report. And while it did play to my own biases, and I've, I've been wrong for about two to three months running talking about downside surprises coming on the inflation report. So I guess a broken record uh, or a broken clock will be right uh, once in a while. Uh, you know, I think it it's a signal that there is a that we're beyond the peak of the the, the worst of the inflation that that I think that's very positive. Uh, I think, you know, it's the direction that we've been looking for. But I you don't want to get carried away with this. Right. I think the for the Fed, I think they need to see a string of reports like this before they're even going to think of kind of letting letting off the pedal of of rate hikes. So we will get one more payroll report for the next Fed meeting, but uh you know for, I I think it's it's the start of something or it's a it's a necessary but insufficient condition uh for for a more meaningful pivot. Yeah, I I think there's two um important things here. One is I think it is sufficient for the moderation. I think you and I probably had had felt pretty confident that the Fed was downshifting to 50, but there was still debate about what that um, decision in December would be. Uh, and as you say, it's not enough for a pause, but I think the um, the other side of this, and, and, and by the way, we should recognize what we learned in this report. I think what we really learned is that there's a clear case here for goods price disinflation to, to take hold and take hold very strongly. Uh, there's a little bit of a hope and hint there that maybe the shelter side might be peaking and coming off, but I think that's a little less less clear cut. But the good side, the dynamic there is being supported by survey data, supported by the import price moves, uh, other things that's starting to rock, and I think that's a that's an important swing. But you the also other had thing, the medical as well, which was something that was was telegraphed and we knew about, and it and it finally came. Frankly, I was a little surprised that the market was had such a strong number. I was surprised we had such a strong number when we knew a number of these things were really in the offing. Goods inflation the prior month was actually flat, core goods. So you knew the direction of travel was is going to go negative, and it did. The medical was something that's just mechanical. You knew that was going to be in there. And yeah, the housing, I guess you could argue that was a little surprising. Airlines were were, were down quite a quite a bit. So I, you you got used autos. That's part of the core goods. All of the categories that we everyone's been talking about really pointed down. The I guess the point here is that the the shelter we had thought would be eight tenths. And when you get that, it's hard to get core inflation below four. What the way you got it was that these things that were down were down more than had been expected. The 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 profile was there in the 
in the forecast of decelerate. I mean, I think one of the interesting kind of cuts on this is that when you do when you look at the the core X shelter, you know, core X shelter was contracted last last month. And I, I know you're gonna there's this, you know, well, why are you picking the what things you want? I mean, there's an argument to be made that shelter is is very kind of slow moving in the, you know, to the extent the marginal stuff along, along these rental prices through alternative indicators are pointing to things rolling down that 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 should be a signal that the disinflation process is is getting more entrenched here. Need to see more of it. But uh, I think it was a good it was a good report. Yeah, I mean, I think you have to be a little careful here. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in the good stuff, including this medical care stuff, which is which is primarily a technical story that you don't want to uh, go too far with. But the same technical story that was holding things up for the past year, and it'll be a technical drag for the next 12 months. Right, but it's not in PCE, and you can you can look at the broader inflation complex and see what that's. Yeah, that's true. So, but anyway, I'm, I'm, I want to get to the other point here, which is that, just as you say, we're not ready for a pause, and I think there's every reason to, to recognize the Fed is still moving and that there still is a threat to the economy from tighter financial conditions around monetary policy. Uh, there's also this near-term boost that you get if inflation is coming down here that uh, comes from purchasing power being restored. And I think that is another part of the inflation report that we should be taking some some comfort from, especially in an environment in which there's clear downward momentum in places like Western Europe from the natural gas price uh, story and from China. So the fact that the U.S. consumer might be getting some help here, consumers elsewhere also getting help here, I think is an important part of the signaling that comes out of uh, this week's uh, this week's news. Yeah, I mean, I think when you go back, you know, to the middle of the year, there were legit concerns around a a supply shock led recession. And we pushed back against that with the idea that the fundamentals were going to be strong enough to absorb those shocks. And and that was a close call. I mean, I and and, and we were right, but I, I by no means had a ton of conviction about that. And there was just a lot of resilience, a lot of healthy, you know, balance sheets and so forth and saving rates that help. As we that is then sets us up for this kind of middle part of the phase, middle phase where, you know, the fall in inflation, uh, that's going to be the big purchasing power lift. And that actually, you know, pushes off the risks of a recession in the near term. Uh, you know, that then sets us up for the potential for a recession, a central bank induced recession because of tightening in financial conditions that we think doesn't really take hold until sometime in the second half of next year. Now, I will say we have gotten some news this week that maybe suggests that financial condition tightening actually is is being telescoped a little bit, particularly in things like some of the lending standards. But, um, you know, for now, I think that that view is tracking of a of a near term kind of breather as we, we get some get some lift in the consumer. It's not as sure what's going to happen here, though, because we can um, we can anticipate the U.S. consumer lift. We got an October um, car sale number, which rebounded. And I think when you put it together with what we're forecasting for retail sales next week, we're going to get a good real consumption gain in October. So that that part of it is there. And I think you might want to say that, you know, the U.S. is probably going to deliver a decent fourth quarter GDP outcome. But we still have weakness outside the U.S. to deal with. And obviously, uh, one of the big uh, pieces of news next week to deal with is going to be um, the China data. 
And uh, why don't we turn there now and sort of ask the question, how much should we be concerned about China at this point? Well, I mean, as 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 you know, viewers know, I've been I, I've been very worried about China on the near term. I never quite understood the 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 kind of bounce back from from the covid drop in the second quarter, the idea that, you know, covid has not disappeared in China. And as they opened up, you were going to have unless you get rid of zero covid policy, you're going to have more lockdowns. And sure enough, that's that's what you're seeing. It's nowhere near as bad as what you saw in the second quarter. But it's it's bad. And, and the testament is what we're looking for next week, which is industrial production in the month of October down six tenths. Retail sales down 3.1%. That's a month-on-month number. That's pretty ugly. And and our team is flagging considerable downside risk to our five was it five percent growth forecast this quarter. Uh, I think you know potentially tracking something closer to two to three percent this quarter. That's a that's a big downward move. And so yeah, Bruce, I think the near-term story on China is a concern. And then as we talked before, I think the medium and more longer-term. Uh, concerns on China are still there, so it's. Uh, I don't think it's a it's a very positive picture there. Yes, yeah, so I think one of the issues here is the movement of uh, Fed policy, other central banks policy, and how that's working through credit and financial conditions. And as you noted, things are tightening there. Um, and then the other side of it is the more near term dynamic, which has the U.S. consumer lifting and has the China uh, economy slowing alongside what is a downshift uh, into contraction we have for the the European economy. The UK delivered a negative third quarter GDP report this week, and we're looking for basically the whole region to take it a step down in the fourth quarter. So the, you know, the near-term risks are not gone here, and we do need that consumer, not only in, in the US, but we should note that the Japanese consumer is looking strong and not only um, is looking strong there. But in contrast to the US, where inflation moving down is boosting consumption, in Japan, consumption moving up is boosting inflation. And we do have a, a forecast for next week's um, uh, all economy uh, 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 forecast that uh, the uh, year ago rate on the uh, BOJ core is going to get up to something close to two and a half percent on a year ago basis. That's that's a big move. And that. Number. <laughs> that is a, a number that, uh, from the point of view of Japan, we haven't seen outside of the the brief periods around uh, consumption tax increases in, I believe, 30 years. So uh, that's a big, big move there that we do think is starting to put pressure on the on the BOJ um, and will, if we're right, deliver uh, some policy move in terms of broadening YCC bans before the end of the first quarter. Bruce, let me let me just add one thing, and then I want to ask you a, a question. So let me let me first add in terms of the the kind of this broader this global picture you painted, and I, and we said U.S. is lifting, Japan is getting some lift, China is a downside concern, and then you reference Europe in in recession. I I think just on Europe quickly, while I've been more worried about China, I still am of the mind that. Uh, that Europe is maybe less bad than people have feared. Now, we've been revising up our forecast there, and I think it's important to note, I think even some of the industrial production numbers we've been getting over the course of this week in Europe have been a bit stronger than than we've been expecting. Frankly, I've been surprised by the industrial production numbers in the developed markets, where things continue to kind of belie our forecast for a global industry to contract here, and that's coming from U.S. and, and to some extent Europe. So. 
I just want to flag that Europe, yes, it's going into recession, but continues to look less bad than I think uh, than we we have thought. The question I want to ask you is this point that you and I have both mentioned now, which is this tightening in financial conditions. And I I, I feel like my concern is the, that the 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 kind of recession risks that you and I have been flagging that they don't come until later next year that maybe we are seeing sufficient tightening that something could break more more meaningfully in the, in the near term and and I I'm going to re-raise those senior loan officer surveys and we updated those in the in the daily economic briefing this week for the G4 economies and Boy, they're pretty alarming. I mean, the business lending standards are have spiked up in a way that you only see ahead of a recession. Uh, that's well, when you when you say you only see ahead of a recession, we only have what twenty five years of data to look at. So you're you're only looking at well, two two yeah or, glass two houses, or three, Bruce. I mean, I mean, this is this is our job, right? But I mean, so you you, you, so you'll, the you'll admit they're about, they're they're concerning. They're concerning. No, there's right? no doubt they're concerning. The question is about intensity uh the the surveys are basically telling you that banks generally are now starting to tighten standards the issue is a lot of them are right yeah that's a lot of them yeah. are but not telling you how intensely they are and that's the issue right now i think there is a tightening in credit that's taking place but is it um sufficiently large to change behavior in a major way and i think the answer to my mind from what i'm seeing on the ground is no, not at not at this stage. I'm also concerned that when we're sitting here six or twelve months from now, that that may not be the same answer. And uh, in in the context I'm just of a, six to twelve months is too far down the road, right? Well, like, we'll, we'll see. I don't th I don't think so. I'm still pretty comfortable with the idea that we're not going to be in recession this quarter or next in the U.S. And all bets are off. I think as we roll down the the road here again, especially with the idea that not only is the Fed going to continue to tighten, but I do think we're in the early stages of a margin compression. Part of the inflation drop is also a loss in pricing power from companies. And I think you roll that forward, you roll forward the stickiness in wages, uh, and you roll forward a continued weight on, on domestic demand. You know, I think those things with the credit tightening will eventually deliver the kind of um, uh, pullback that is a recession. But I, I, I continue to emphasize, I think this is going to take more time than many people are, uh, are pushing in terms of uh, the, 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 the dynamic getting to the point that cor corporates break and start laying off workers in a in a broad-based way but we'll yeah, see you definitely point to the fact that you know business equipment spending our capex now continues to look pretty bulletproof still growing at a pretty solid pace uh job growth continues to look uh solid to strong and so i i, I get that i just I, I did not expect to see this degree of of tightening and i know you you kind of you know, you know, pour cold water on how, you know, the history of this, but, you know, it's, it's alarming when you see these types of this, this type of tightening, it's, it, as I said, it doesn't, doesn't usually happen uh, unless you're on the cusp of, of a recession. Yep. So on that bright note, maybe we'll, uh, <laughs> we'll leave it there and uh, thank everyone for uh, listening and hope to be able to continue this conversation next week on JP Morgan TV. Thank you.